Why do you have to talk like that? Well, I'm talking to you the way I want to talk to you. Do you have a problem? Turn, Turn off, off your, your station. station. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to The Grit. I'm Jones. D. Farrell. What's going on, D. Farrell? How you doing, man? Man, I'm good, man. We're back at it. It's been, man, what is it, three weeks? Yeah, yeah so. it's a little bit too long, man. We want to apologize, everyone, because we have been away a little bit longer than what we expected. Uh, we don't have O here today. Nah, yeah, brother's busy. We get it. Yeah, and that's kind of one of the reasons we have been um, been away because of you know schedules and time. So, but we're back. You know, we're going to try to keep it uh, consistent, a little bit more consistent. We have something. I do have something coming um, probably in a couple weeks. Yeah. That uh, I think that's gonna help with some of the content we put out. But um, what you been on, man? Man, I think uh, I'm gonna try to introduce another segment of the podcast. So I'm working on a name right now, but uh, I'm gonna be having guests. So it's gonna be just under the umbrella of the grit. Yep. But you know, that's 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 to be continued. Yep. D. Farrell's kind of teaching me the <laughs> engineering aspect of it. But you know, we'll be back. Um, today, man, it's a special it's a special podcast. Yes. Yeah, we got a female in the house. Yeah, we got our first guest, our first female. Um, a little bit about our first guest. Um, went to college with us. Yeah. Over um, here looking shy. Yeah, she's a little nervous, but she's going to do all right. Yeah. Uh, went to college with us, Ball State, represent, Chirp Chirp. Um, she's one of our sorority sisters. Good friend of us. Um the the beautiful the talented penny what's up hi guys yeah, don't, don't even try. <laughs> i'm sitting here we trying to, to figure we need out to get you mad so we can get the real you out no <laughs> the gary yeah. sitting here trying to figure out how i got talked into this but i'm happy to be here well we know yeah. how you got talked into. you you're very important to some of the topics we had today All right. so I, what we should do is just go back to everything we talked about over the last few Four four episodes and figure out, man, what would a woman think about this? But now nah, we're not gonna do that. But there yeah. is one I do want to ask you about. Uh, something you want to ask about? Yeah, I want to. You know, well, I, like, right one, now or no, 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 no. We don't have to talk about it. But I want to ask you one. One of the things we get feedback about uh, was that that debate we had over Russell Wilson and Sierra and you know, uh, how, yeah, yeah. How, how, when when do you bring a kid around? And so. It's cool for three dudes to talk about it, but it'd be better to get some input from a female. But, man, we might revisit that, but not right now, man. Hey, cool. Um, thanks for coming. You're welcome. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, I've had to ask you how many times now? Once. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's get into some topics because I think, uh, you know, we don't want to stretch it too long. But uh, we, we wanted to – well, first – uh, we was going to ask Penny, you give us give us a little bit of your background. Like I said, we went to Ball State together. What what's kind of like some of the what do you do now? Like, give us some of your background. Um, all right. Well, I'll start at the end and I'll just go back to the beginning, I suppose. So right now I work in the Indianapolis public school system as mm-hmm. especially a compliance monitor. Um, what before is that, that so. <laughs> That's a sort of a little bit of a fancy title to um, probably special ed department chair. Ballin. Do you do the same thing that Dr. Umar Johnson does? No. You know who that is? Yes. Okay. Hey, hold on. You ballin. That's what you know. What she just did? She gave us six dollars to go buy twenty ounce sodas. <laughs> <laughs> she paid. <laughs> the, uh, the yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. But before that, I worked um, as a special ed inclusion teacher, which means I go into the classroom with uh, students who have IEPs or special needs and kind of help them in classes. And that was in Evansville. And then before that, I was in Baltimore City, Maryland, and I was a third grade teacher and a seventh grade teacher. Third grade and seventh grade. Right. Is that both primary still? or how's Well, I was at a K-8 school. So okay. I started off in third grade and then eventually moved up to the middle school. Yeah. Cool. Let's talk about your time in Baltimore. I think that's when I didn't know you anymore. What happened? I mean, it seemed like you disappeared. Let's not talk about okay, my okay, time okay. in Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, <clears throat> so I think uh, on our first topic, I kind of wanted to keep it in education. Um, I w- what I wanted to talk about, I wanted to go into the public 
school system versus the private school system versus the charter school system. And where I wanted to go with that was I wanted to talk about um, what setting do you feel um, and the effects of the settings for young black boys? Where do you think they fall in? Um, and and it, what, what do you think fit, fits best for the, you know, the young black men or, you know, just the effects that you've seen of young black men in this, in those situations as far as, you know, public charter and private school settings? So thank you for asking that question. First of all, I think that um, the education of young black males is um, a hot topic right now in the United States for a good reason, um, because by and large that um, demographic of student is underserved. Um, in such a horrible way that I think if we don't start paying more attention to how we are undereducating and underserving um, black boys, we're going to by and large lose them. So I think it's a very private and um, familial decision um, as far as how you're going to educate your sons. For me, I have seen that um, given uh, the right family supports that – you know, students can do well in any of those settings. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there are some charter schools, um, and, and let me be clear that charter schools um, are also public schools um, that has done a great job educating young black boys, um, but has they've been very intentional about that um, gotcha. in their programming, in their curriculum, in who they hire, um, all of that, assessments. And then um, you have some schools who... Uh, I think are not concerned at all about maybe the um, the differences. I hate to say differences because you don't want to get into a situation where you um, label um, black boys as being so different that you have to come up with a totally different curriculum. But I think if you look at the history of the United States, you'll know that um, the education system in and of itself was really developed for white females. So when you start gotcha. thinking about how we're going to educate our young boys, um, yeah, that's going to look a little different. So, again, I mean, that's that's a I think that's a really private decision that families have to make. I mean, the reason I I mean, I me personally, I'm pro public school system. I'm I'm pro public school system. I mean, D. Frail, you public school? Are you a product of public school? Yeah, I'm a product of it. Uh, I think I'm just more pro whatever I think is going to work. So you know, we'll just try. So we've got a, I've got two girls. We have to try to make decisions on what we think is going to work. We really don't know. So it, it, that's what I was going to ask. I mean, you're saying whatever decision that works. I, I mean, my my question is, whatever decision you make will work. Because you are a good father, you, you're the dynamics of a fa- – you have the good family dynamics. So if you send your kid to a public school system, it's going to work. Oh, I mean, if you send yeah. it to a private, it's yeah. going to work. I mean, potentially. But at the same time, I mean, I mean, they have, they have them almost more than we do. So, And I'm not an educator. Wait, wait, what do you mean? The school system. Okay, whatever school. Okay. You know, they have them longer. That's their job is to, to educate. So for me um, – yeah, I mean, I think there's there's a lot of trust that you got to put into this, you know, to these schools. So for me, it's like I want to feel like, yeah, yes, it will probably probably work, meaning they won't get killed, and I think by and large they will learn. But I don't know, man. It's it's, it's a tough it's a tough call because I, I've sent I've sent my kids to Montessori's and didn't really love the results that came out of that. And so yeah, we're a good. Fa- I think we've got a, a strong family unit, but some of the academics that came out of that weren't all beneficial. So. See, I put it like this, and this is one of the reasons I guess I say I'm pro, I'm pro uh, public, is because I'm a product of a public school system all my life. I, I went to college, and I end up attending college with people who went to private school, you know, all their life. Their parents paid the money, paid the you know sacrifice, or maybe not sacrifice. Maybe they had enough money to do it, but they end up in class with me at Ball State. So I'm kind of like you know, I think. I guess I, I think that's why I sway towards, you know, the public school system, just because, I, I, one, I worked in a public school system. I've seen positive effects. I've seen the negative effects. That's just like basically boils back down to, you know, family being, you know, uh, in that in that whole role of school. So 
I don't know. I don't know. You, you, Penny, you said you, well, have you only worked in public school system or have you? No, I've worked in charter school. I've also sent my children to public um, charter and private schools. Mm. Um, so I guess my question for you would be, um, Jones, you feel like you're pro-public because the outcomes are the same? Is that what you're saying? Um, I think the outcomes will be the same depending on the interaction and um, the influence that the family has with that kid. I mean, you could send your kid to a private school or a charter school, and if you don't have that family nucleus, I think it's not going to be successful. The kid's not going to be successful. Okay. So, so I don't want to pay. I, me personally, I, I just I don't know. I don't know if, about you know paying thousands of dollars to send my kid to elementary school. So what if you are, um, for instance, a family, you live in a neighborhood, um, the neighborhood school that your child has to go to, you go to visit this school, you find that it is not safe, that there are children in the school fighting, uh, you don't feel like the teachers are motivated at all to teach your child, um, you found the office staff to be rude and uncaring, and you have an opportunity to send your child to a private school, are you still pro-public? Um, yeah, I mean, I think even with that, I think you still have to make a decision because just as well as I don't have to send them to that school, I think in with today, I remember when I was growing up, if you lived in that district or if you lived wherever you live, that's the school right. you had to go to. Now it seems like there's more options of right. sending your kid to another, you know, regardless if you're using someone else's address or whatever it is. Vouchers. Um, yeah, school choice. Yeah, so um, I think I would try to still exercise my option to send them to a, another public school, mm-hmm. you know, because at the end of the day, I can go to that private school and still get those same experiences. Maybe not the you know, kids bringing guns. But, yeah, I mean, they do that at private schools, too. So I think just I think if you bring a gun to a public school, that consequence may be a little different than if you bring it to a private school. Right. But you still see kids bringing guns to private schools. I don't also. even think you can equate the two. I think if you bring a school to a private to if you bring a gun to a private school, you're right. out of there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I agree. Yeah. I think the consequences, you know, regardless of discipline is totally right. different. So I think some families make that choice because of safety more than yeah. curriculum is yeah, what I'm I would saying. Agree. I think it's it's safety and then I think it's uh to some degree I think it's uh just um just environment. So even if even if you even if you just say that the curriculum and the learning is all the same, I think that they want them to network with a certain type of person and be around a certain type but of is person. That, so. Okay, but that's not based on public school because at the end of the day we all we both live here in in Fishers. And I think if you talk to probably 80% of the individuals that send their kids to the public school system here, they're probably happy and satisfied with the results that they're getting from that public school. And maybe, maybe, but I'm, yeah. oh, I'm almost willing to, I'm almost willing to bet. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I've got neighbors that feel differently. So I have a, a significant amount of neighbors. I know educators, choose. I know administrator, administration that's in Fisher's uh, public school system. So, I, I just think the results. I mean, and 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 you may, like you said, your neighbors may be feeling different, but I think it. I think it's not. I don't think you can put it all under a put it in a bubble of public school systems. I think you have to base it off the school itself. Yeah, I mean, I I just tend to just honor and respect whatever decisions people make based on what they feel is best right. for their children. Yeah, right. It's hard for me to say I'm pro anything because given a certain situation, I may go a different route for my children, you know? Right, right, right. Well, let's bring it back. Let's bring it back because we we went into our opinions of what we thought. What, right. Like, let's go back. I, I wanted to go back to the black, um, you know, the black young men. What, what have you seen in the settings of, like, public versus private versus charter in the results that you've seen and just like the attention that the schools may or programs or whatever it is that they may have for young black men to continue to be focused in whatever setting that we're talking talking about so unfortunately i have to say that it really isn't a huge difference for our young black boys outcomes are um not good for them no matter where they go um they are um over over uh over suspended if you mm. if that's if that makes sense um rightfully so or just because of some people say well our demographics you know we have more black boys than we have white boys so therefore that's why the suspension rate for black boys is a little bit higher you know mm. but um 
if you really break down those subgroups, you'll see even if it's a higher number of white boys, you're still suspending black boys more. Mm-hmm. Um, there is um, over-identification for special education for black boys. Um, typically, if a um, little boy in kindergarten, first, second, third grade act up, um, instead of kind of dealing with what is what is the act up about and yeah. you know really is that acting up or is that just him being a kid um we slap these special ed labels on to the say they're yeah, emotionally that's a, disabled that's i mean that's interesting because i wonder how much of that we have to own right mm-hmm. like how much of it is uh for lack of a better term profiling mm-hmm. and maybe the teachers just not being able to relate or whatever mm-hmm. versus like you know how we can be like you mm-hmm. know we kind of we kind of teach our kids, like, you better defend yourself or, mm-hmm. you know, we get it popping quick. I wonder if it's culturally we kind of raise our kids up differently mm-hmm. or if it's... Uh, well, if- I'm not even talking about kids who are aggressive or mm-hmm. fighting or okay. verbally aggressive. I'm talking about kids who get out of their seat, okay. interrupt the okay. teacher, yeah. you know, maybe touch kids walking down the hallway. Things that kids do. Yeah, that's- Sally does it. Sally's not labeled as yeah. ED, but let Jerome do it. And this is statistically, you why, know. Why Jerome got to be black? Jerome or Tyrone, <laughs> you can pick either yeah. name. <laughs> you know, and that's crazy because when I worked in a when I worked in the school system, yeah. I was at IPS, and this I guess, man, I I'm, I'm kind of passionate about it because I yeah. worked in that I worked in that field, and I seen positive results yeah. along with some of the negative. Yeah. So I guess I defended real hard, and I I cut Derek off. We talk about one time, not uh, what do we say in that one pod? Uh, um, not to cut you off. Yeah, we're going to cut you off. <laughs> we're anyway. going to cut you off. <laughs> but anyway, I guess that's what my passion is about public school systems. So when I when I worked in school 27, um, I worked in the EH room. And you're absolutely right. I mean, we had so many smart kids in there, but they had that EH label because they was just bad. But then when we, you know, they me and so I have a problem with that. <laughs> but were they so, bad? Though? So were they bad? Oh, what yeah, does bad most definitely. mean? Okay. We, and, and what grade are we talking about? We were elementary, so we were from first to fifth. Okay. What is bad? Yeah. Okay, let's talk about what bad. If you want to define bad, I, I mean, maybe on an education conversation, but bad is, I, to me, in my personal opinion, a bad is probably somebody who to get their butt whooped. <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, what I think bad is, it was just we were dealing with a lot of kids who, A, wouldn't listen, mm-hmm. um, B, they were very uh, disruptive in the mm-hmm. classroom when they knew they were being disruptive. Mm-hmm. Um, just wouldn't listen. And just some of the normal things that they knew that was right or wrong, mm-hmm. and they still continued to do that. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I, I'm not saying that they should have been labeled EH but or ED, right. but what I'm saying is that's my definition of bad but but do you know this and a lot of people don't know this and i just just learned this so for a student to get the eh or ed label um i don't know about nationwide but as far as article 7 for indiana um it has to be under three categories you have to have some sort of depression anxiety or psychosis and what i'm saying is these kids are quote unquote bad and getting that label so just because you have conduct disorder does not mean you are emotionally handicapped okay I, no, I, so, I, no, so that's I agree. my issue. No, I and agree. That label stays with these boys, yeah, and yeah. people make judgments on that, and the expectations for these so, children So, so give me go the down. so so. Let me ask you a question. So, give me the three, the three, the three, the three um, definitions that you said that where you had to be labeled depression. Okay, let's talk about depression. You know what, man? His father's not in his life, which a lot of them, a lot of these kids, fathers not in their lives. In, in my experience. Yeah. Okay, so that you know what he's probably dealing with some depression. Okay, mm-hmm. number two, um, anxiety. Anxiety. So he's in the classroom. He won't sit down. He's mm-hmm. always disruptive. It's causing him not to do any work. Mm-hmm. It's you know he's he's having a problem with going home. And if you look at the family dynamics, the mom is always fighting with the boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's number two. Mm-hmm. Psychosis. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> but what's your point? I'm going to save you on that one, brother. <laughs> what's that or, is your point that people can find loopholes in that? No, no, no. What's that? No. I didn't find that. Give me the, give me the, your, the layman's definition of psychosis. I mean, he's just Crazy. Like, trying to bite his own face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So he's trying to bite I mean, his not own so face. much, Derek, but you know. I know what you got. So. Yeah, you'll get that. Yeah. <laughs> no, but go ahead. Go ahead. Uh. So I was just trying to understand your point. 
Why did so, you break those three down? Because well, people because can it's find because it's because it's so easy when Devin, little Devin, and now you can make him black or white. Right. But major, majority of the time, when you're working in and when I was working in IPS school, uh, when I was working at uh, school twenty seven, we had probably ten students. Two of them was white. The rest, the rest were black. Right. No, actually, one was white. One was uh, a mixed kid, black biracial, and white, sure. biracial, and the rest were black. Right. So my point of what I was saying is I can see how just because of the dynamics, it's easy to label. It's not right. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I can just see how easy it is no, to, get I, that, I, to, I to define a kid that way. And know? I think that's why I appreciate the role I'm in now, because I'm part of that labeling committee, if you will. Yeah. So when mm-hmm. I come to the table, I want more than just you saying, oh, well, his dad's not there or, right. you know, well, he, you know, those type of things. We need like some medical doctor evidence, some documentation. We need and that's parent. what I did. Yeah. I worked in I worked in the mental health aspect. So they would reach out to us first. Yeah. And then because, you know, some of, a lot of our kids weren't. And even with that, you still got to advocate for our kids because yeah, yeah. even right. a doctor will quickly label a child. Oh, easy. Yeah. So, so easy. Is, this, is this just a financial play? Oh, Medicaid all day, man. Could be. Medicaid all day. When Could I worked, be. we used to build these kids for just seeing them in the hall and say, hey, Devin, how you doing? I'm doing good, Jones. Oh, okay. Good. Keep it up. I had to type up that I talked to him and I told him, encouraged him to say, keep it up. Now we had to build Medicaid. I'm telling you, man, it's, it's a lot. Of, it, it has a lot to do so, with it. So the more you label... I mean, it's, it's basically the precursor to the mass incarceration system. And you know, it seems the same way. Like, the amount of bodies you got in jail is, is big dollars. The more Keep people you have that's labeled EH or ADHD sure. or whatever yeah. you said, it's more dollars. And what they do to us, who are the people, which I don't do this anymore, but what they do to us is say, hey, man, you're responsible for having this many hours a day. So I used to, at times, I used to have to be like, man, I'm short. I need to go talk to such and such so we can build Medicaid. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was it. It, it kind of it was kind of I don't know. It kind of it burned me out on it. Yeah. Just because I used to see the like you said the loopholes. Like mm-hmm. man, there's nothing wrong with this kid. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Yeah. But guess what? We got to put a label on him. Mm-hmm. He's depressed. ADHD. Mm-hmm. ADD. Mm-hmm. You know. So. So what? Are, what? What? You kind of talked about your role or whatever. What? What are the the topics or what is the there's, I mean, there's always kind of a movement to change things. What What is being done in school systems nationwide, if you can speak to that? I don't know if you go to national conferences or anything like that, but to try to change, you know, some of this labeling or improve school systems. We're always talking about it, but yeah. I, I, I don't always quite know what we're doing. Right. Do you, I mean, you have any insight on that? So one of the things that um, – that's big. Well, there's a couple of things, I guess, that's big. This PBIS, this positive behavior, I think it's called intervention support or something like that. It's training around how to um, interact with children and how to, you know, figure out, like, behavior plans or how to um, better manage your classrooms or, or children's behavior. And so that's a big push, and, you know, everybody has this PBIS training. Mm-hmm. Um, something else that, um, that schools have to do now is called um, response to – response to um, instruction or response or intervention is RTI. So before a student's file, if you will, gets to a point of a label, um, you have to get some people together in the building and say, okay, this is Johnny's issue. These are things we're going to do to try to correct those issues. And, you know, this is the time frame we're working on. So, like, um, ideally you should look at what you're doing every two weeks and kind of tweet that and then I guess after a certain amount of time then you will say okay let's go to the next step and it's a it's a tiered approach it's Mm -hmm. like three tiers to that so I guess that's something else that overall we're trying to do but um you know I think what's missing is that we are trying to uh lots of times in schools deal with um race related issues in in a non-racial way because you know we're just afraid to really talk about that elephant that's in the room Honestly, yeah, yeah, because um, yeah, because the other part of it is just the you know we're talking about labeling to some degree, but here, but some of it's just the, the method of instruction. So I mentioned uh, Dr. Umar Johnson earlier. So I've just been kind of introduced to him in the last six months or so. You like to do? I, I like his I like his information around the school system. I don't know if I don't. I do don't, you believe in his his school that he's trying to? 
I actually do. Okay. Yeah, I actually do believe in his school, his school philosophy. Um, I think there's some good things there. Is you know his, his school? I think I, I think I think <clears throat> we can agree with maybe me. I, I do agree, like you said, his school philosophy. But some of the some of his topics that he's focusing on, basing it in his school, I'm kind of confused on it. I'm kind of. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? So, so I mean, I think it's you got to take the good with the bad because because there was the other the other topic that or the not topic, but well, well, let's get some backstory. Omar Johnson, let's talk about him. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't yeah. know a whole I don't know a whole lot about the brother. So, I mean, what do you like about I, I dare say his antics? What What do you well, you said you kind of agree with that? You know like who Omar Johnson is, right? Yeah, and you do too. I, I mean, I know who he is, but don't. I can't give him a bio, a bio on the dude. I can't give a bio on him, but I mean, you said you kind of agree with what he's trying to do. Is it because it's it's more of a, a different approach to education or a different way for, for kids to learn well, as think, far as think, curriculum? All right, so that's, that, ah, that's a weighted question. So, because I wanted to talk about Ron Clark. That's where oh. I was actually kind of going. So, <laughs> so this, what I like about Umar Johnson is the, the fact that he, he in my opinion, is, has come up with, a, I think, a solid plan through this school to help empower ourselves and educate ourselves our meaning black mm-hmm. in a way that I don't think I've seen done before. Mm-hmm. So I think the plan sounds solid. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I that's what I agree with. He has this whole pan African and political view mm-hmm. and things about homosexuality and other things that mm-hmm. I don't necessarily agree with at all. Mm-hmm. But if you just talk of his his uh, perspective around the same stuff you were talking mm-hmm. about around uh, special education, I think he's rock solid. I think his plan for his school is solid. Mm-hmm. I like that much better than the Ron the Ron Clark guy I reached out to you on Facebook because I personally was uncomfortable with this idea of having and I'm just going to water this down. Hopefully, this somehow we can get you guys who listen in a link or something. But there was this little CNN segment they did on him, and when you just visually looked at it, it was a white guy who comes into the inner city, creates this school, and has a whole bunch of black kids popping and dancing on top of on top of tables. And I had an issue with that dynamic mm-hmm. in another in fact that we didn't have, we don't have anybody within our own community. It, the parents came across that. We don't have anyone in our own community. We need Ron Clark to come in and, and be teach the great our white kids. hope. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and I, that, bo- that portion alone bothered me. And then the other thing was like, why, does, why, for, the, why for the African-American does it always come back to something that feels like entertainment? Why has it got to be dancing, popping, et cetera? Now, the thing that that again that Umar Johnson brought to my attention was more like well you know the education system kind of was birthed out of the church system which was like hey you got a preacher up front and then you got a whole bunch of people sitting down absorbing information and I was like yeah maybe that does need to change right but I don't know if it has to go as far as popping you know (laughs) and you know turn it into hip-hop and all that if it works it works I mean the people on Facebook was like he gets the greatest results and I'm like you know, maybe we need to explore it, but at the same time, I was just I just am uncomfortable with the dynamic because if there's a whole other group of people who can just sit down for 45 minutes, mm-hmm. absorb it, mm-hmm. and go on to make hundreds of thousands of dollars a mm-hmm. year. So why can't we do that? What is it mm-hmm. about us mm-hmm. that we're not capable of, of doing that same thing mm-hmm. or learning that same way? Okay. So what's up now? What you, what you got to say about <laughs> that? What you got to say about Well, let's that? real quick. Uh, oh, you got maybe. I mean, a lot of people may not know who Dr. Umar Johnson is. Yeah, or but, Ron uh, Clark for that matter. Yeah, but um, Dr. Umar Johnson, um, he's a psychologist. He's an educator. He's um, and like you said, he kind of talks about uh, kind of like the black family and talking about the education of. Um, um, the education of black children. So he's trying to build a new school, and I think it is called. It's like the Marcus Garvey. Yeah, because he's a descendant. I guess his blood relative is uh, Frederick Douglass. Yeah, Marcus Garvey, Frederick Douglass Academy for. Something, yeah, and he says something. he's his blood. His yeah. blood is Frederick Douglass yeah. and Marcus Garvey. Uh, I don't know if you've okay. seen that. Yeah, I think that's. I think I'm almost positive. But anyway, he's trying to buy. Um, uh, He's trying to raise money right now to raise to for the I think it's a St. Paul College. Yeah, somewhere. Yeah. Some some school out. Some school. But anyway, it, it needs to be they're trying to buy. He's trying to raise money. So I think he's trying to raise five million dollars and 
But anyway, just that's a little bit of background on him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's real radical, like you said. He can, he talks. One of the things that he had been getting pushback for because of his opinion on um, uh, gays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He's been. He speaks out pretty. I mean, if you look it up, just look him up on YouTube or something. Uh, doctor. So I don't, I don't. I don't know how much of that would would be injected into the curriculum. So oh, it's a, I think he. I think he spoke on it, and he was kind of like that was something that he. Because I think that's some. I think I heard an interview and they asked him about that, and it was something that he was going to speak against at his school. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts? Well, I mean, I've heard of him, and I've what I've heard from um, some educators is, um, and black educators um, having the feeling that maybe you know this sort of movement that he wants to do is is um, promoting segregation again. Mm. Um, you know, this this thought of okay, you know, we fought to be, you know, equal um, in classrooms for children. Now we have someone saying, nope, we're pulling them out and we're going to, you know, educate them our own way. So, you know, I, I guess I can see both sides of that. Um, but if if we don't have, again, those honest conversations about why is he trying to do this? You know, where is that coming from? Mm-hmm. And is yeah. it really going to be beneficial? Then you can you can take that and say that immediately. But if you look into where he's coming from, I mean, you know, we have the numbers that show, again, we are undereducating our kids. Right. right. By traditional means. By traditional means, whatever means. Mm-hmm. You know, again, so I, I you know, I sent I sent my daughter to Park Tutor. You know, I feel like um that's a school if you say that um anywhere, people kinda recognize that yeah. as being you know, a premier private school, if you will. And I've seen um children of color in that school not do well. Mm-hmm. Um there is not a sense of um uh, belonging, you know, um, when it comes down to it, not a sense of community, and um, you but know, but that's what they want. I mean, that, it's you know, that's a school of elite of elite, and it, right. I think I think there could be a racial component, but I think even amongst them, it's like who's who's on top, you know. So right, I, can, I definitely get that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, yeah so so I, that that didn't make a huge difference. Yeah. Oh, cool. All right. All right. All right. Good topic. Good topic. Did we learn anything? Yeah. I don't Did we know. get anything from you? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I want to say I actually had an opportunity to hear Ron Clark speak in person um, okay. when so, I was in Evansville. Yeah, go he ahead came. And defend him. I'm not defending him, um, but he <laughs> did speak in person. Good. I just mm-hmm. I had an I yeah just to reiterate. But I, had I think of, I think if you just take that snapshot of what you saw, it's easy to look at that and say, you know. Why? For all the reasons you said, why does it have to be a white man saving our black youth? Why does it have to be popping and locking on top of desks for you right. to learn what two times two exactly is, you know? And, 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 and the headline probably said, black kids popping on table. So you clicked on it and automatically created your opinion on it. Right. <laughs> it actually was, but yeah. Okay. And there's, there's something else that's trend, trending right now, showing this white man walking some black kids home from school. Have you seen that? Um, nice. And so that's making headlines, and I and I struggled with that as well because uh, we've been walking black kids home forever and a day, and it mm-hmm. did not make headlines. But this man walked them home, you know, and it's like um, this 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 feature given to him simply because he cared about the kids that you know we've been caring about forever. But, but by and large, <laughs> when you heard Ron Clark speak, you you kind of believed in his methods, or when um, I heard, or, or, or when I, don't, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't yeah. even know who Ron Clark is. I mean, You're confusing me. Who's Ron Clark? Ron Clark uh, sat on stage, humped over, and uh, disengaged from the whole <laughs> the whole presentation. Um, when he he. he he sat, you know, when you look at people on a panel and you know who the speaker is going to be, you tend to kind of focus in on them to kind of see their mannerism. Well, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I noticed right. that he was not engaged. He was not really paying attention. He was just very um, different than what I thought he might be. Um, when he got on the microphone, he was just he was just kind of like, um, you know, just that, this goofy guy. He just mm-hmm. really just kind of talked about what he wants. So I don't think there's a whole lot to Ron Clark that's like, you know, um, to me, just from hearing him that time, that seemed like um, there was some sort of underlining, um, you know, bad intentions or something like that. And I don't think that's what you're saying no, anyway. I'm not saying that too but no. but when he came across, it did not come across like I'm here to save your kids. It's just like, look, I was that kid. I, I didn't, you know, I didn't want to learn that way. Or this was my experience when I was in the classroom. I couldn't reach my kids. I I use a little bit of music. It worked. I'm just trying to help other kids. That's cool. how he kind of came uh-huh. across okay, cool. in the meeting. Yeah, I'm, you know? I'm looking at I'm looking at his. Uh Wikipedia and this mug kind of short than a mug, so <laughs> <laughs> not much. Nah, hold on, you know one thing. I looked at the whole. No, hold on, I looked at the whole. Um, the whole Wikipedia, right? 
and I didn't see anything. It's short, like one, two, like you know how some people have a whole bunch yeah. of like yeah. background. I mean, I just, but hold on, hold on. Accolades. This is this is probably this clinched it. Clark has appeared on national TV shows, including including two appearances on the. Finish that sentence. Man, I don't even know, man. <laughs> on the and this would have blew him up right here. Come on, man. Y'all smarter than that. No, nah, no. Nah, B E T. No, no. What? Steve Harvey Morning Show? Where you going? <laughs> Bigger with? than that. Oprah. Oprah. Oh, Oprah. <laughs> it's oh, over. Okay. It's over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, nah, I, Oprah I mean, likes Ron. Yeah, it seems like it. I mean, it's it just it, it, it's real straight to the point. It doesn't I'm, seem like anything. I mean, anything the bottom line it. is he, you know, he he, he gets some test re- his yeah. test results are high, you know. Like, but I think the point of what Ron Clark is doing that educators can take away from that is engagement. Quit it. having these boring classes, That's not you know pulling your kids into it, and it doesn't have to be popping and locking on top of a desk. Yeah, you gotta but whip relate to kids just to, just to get your times tables. There's a problem. But you don't. You That's don't have to whip and nay with our kids. But if you do and use it as a tool, what's wrong with it? Mm, good point. If this is if, if if that's what we so my takeaway was, black people need to kill themselves if they can't sit down and learn like everybody else. Mm. That's how I felt, and I know mm-hmm. that's extreme, but I'm like, mm-hmm. why is it that we can't just do it? We what can. is it in us that we can't do it? But like I think the, what the you said earlier was was um, was was a good point. You said he goes into inner cities, right? So when you're dealing with kids who are um, just kids in poverty, period. I think white, black, doesn't matter. If you're living in poverty, then then the way that I'm going to get your attention in class may be a little different than a kid who comes to school and already feels safe, feels nourished, feels cared for. That yeah. kid is going to come ready to learn. Those other kids may not come ready to learn. They're worried about, hey, am I going to be able to get to breakfast how soon before lunch? Or exactly. is my dad going to whatever when I get home? Be- oh. So there's a different level of engagement that I think kids, you know, we talk about... Um, we talk about, you know, where you are on that whole continuum of, um, you know, safety. So first you have to feel just like your basic needs are being met to be able to be educated. So, again, I think it's about that engagement piece. We And not only that, not only ahead, that, think about think about this. You being in a classroom and you having to get engage with different different kids. And if you're going to the inner city, the, your teaching style may be different than what it would be. In the suburbs. Not only, this is the thing, even just the interaction with kids, because us as a people, normally, we are in our households, we are loud. We are, you have to be somewhat aggressive to be heard. So if you have a kid and you go to the inner cities or you have a kid from the inner city coming to the suburbs and he's speaking out loud, like raising the hand, ooh, 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 me, me, me. That's just his way of like, hey, I'm aggressive. You have to see that. You need to call on me. Mm-hmm. So if you have to adjust your style on teaching based off that, use that as a tool. You know, mm-hmm. if it's just like however it is, and if it's whipping and nay nay, and they learning their timetables, I'm cool with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. Where we at, D. Farrell? We uh, yeah, we spent a long time on that. Yeah, um, it's a good topic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hopefully, yeah, help yeah, people, yeah. Think, hopefully think people can engage. Um, tell them we can. You can uh, before we keep before we go any further. Please click the heart. Uh, on SoundCloud. Also, we are on the iPhone um, podcast app now. So look for us there. The Grit uh, on both podcasts and SoundCloud. I'll be sending out some links. So please like it. Follow us. Um, it'll help out big time. So let's keep moving. Um, the second topic we have, I'm going to play a clip and then I want us to talk about it. Jay-Z is a good man. Jay-Z is a, uh, Jay-Z is a good manager. But now, your woman is on display. Do you want men looking at your woman, being tempted by your woman, to make advances at your woman? Who wouldn't want to be with Rihanna? Who wouldn't want to be with Nicki Minaj? These are talented women, but you strip them then their bodies become the tool that is being used to promote. All right. Um, that was a clip of um, uh, the, the minister. So initially, what are you guys' first thoughts when you hear that? Um, I'll go with mine first. Um, the, I, 
I guess I kind of agree with it somewhat. And then I guess when I can talk about what I don't agree with. And one of the things I don't agree with is that it's almost like he made it personal for Jay-Z and Beyonce. He also also men, uh, mentioned Rihanna and uh, Nicki Minaj. I, I guess I just kind of, I almost feel like when, when in situations like that, when someone attacks the black community regardless if they're right or not and it's on a it's on a large platform and i know the minister's a little bit different because i mean who's more black than him but i just felt like when that when you when you almost focus on jay-z and beyonce that's where i kind of had a problem with it yeah i mean so i think I didn't have as much of an issue with them using them because it goes back to stuff we talked about before, which is who's most influential, right? right. And so you're going to, why not use the best examples to gotcha, make your gotcha. to make your point? So and also we can go back to the role model back in a couple uh, podcasts. Yeah. Ago, so, so so yeah, I didn't have an issue with it. I generally agree. Um, I mean, I do think there's a bit much out there in terms of sexuality that we display. So uh, by and large, I agree with them. Uh, I don't. I don't. I guess I'd be curious to see, maybe from a female perspective or anybody's perspective, you know, what what you would differ. I mean, do you feel? Do you feel like even even the minister statement in that uh, somehow hinders women or doesn't empower them? I mean, is there any thoughts that? Well, let's go with Penny. What, what, okay, before she answers that, let's go with your first initial reaction. reaction. Initial okay. reaction yeah, so so I mean, I'm not shocked that that was his viewpoint at all, and I'm not shocked that he called. <laughs> people out because you know he's he's known to just speak his mind and um and just have like courageous um speeches but um i think we we just we are an oversexed society you know and i'm actually um happy and proud when people speak out against it against um just accepting any and everything um that was my initial reaction you know that so I guess I kind of agreed with him, if you will. But what's Beyonce doing that Tina Turner was doing, wasn't doing, or Diana Ross or Whitney? Right. I think but they would you both agree they, that for, since Diana Ross or Whitney Houston or, or Tina Turner that we've become more naked, more sexual, or do you think that's the same level of um, indecency? Oh, are we talking will? about Beyonce or are we just talking about? Overall? Well, I'm just saying the, well, the well, era we, time. You did say Rihanna and Nicki Minaj. So yeah, well, Anaconda but the thing is, the thing is, when I when I think of Beyonce, I think of a overall just superstar. Mm-hmm. I don't think of that when I think of Nicki Minaj or Rihanna. You think they using are known? Sex to sell. They are okay. known for using sex to sell. Mm-hmm. They that's that's what they are. Mm-hmm. I think Beyonce is the next level. I think she just happens to be sexy. Right. So you think if she started doing her concerts fully clothed and not really glamorizing her I think sexuality, she'd I mean, make the Super same sale? That Super Bowl halftime show, man, that that it, that mug was sexual to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I think just, she can be sexual. I think she can be sexual. I think she can go on stage with an elegant, uh, um, some elegant. Mm-hmm. I think she can go on. I think there's that superstar status. Well, let me let me Beyonce. put it differently. If she had never gotten more naked would she have reached that superstar you know status if she had always been fully clothed and not because you know she went off yeah into i think some she would have i think she would have because she can sing mm-hmm. she still can dance mm-hmm. i think she's just the i think she's the ultimate like of the 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 superstar who is because the thing about i think what the thing that people love about jay-z See, and i Beyonce, totally disagree i think that um <laughs> If, if you look at a lot of talented women are never going to reach that superstar status because they're not. So you're saying second. if she's ugly? Not necessarily ugly. I don't think Jill Scott's ugly. I think she's very talented. I don't know if she's a superstar. No, like she's not superstar status. But, but the thing is, the difference between Jill Scott and Beyonce, Beyonce performs. Jill mm-hmm. Scott gets on stage and she kills it, mm-hmm. but she doesn't go to the level of what? I, I think I've never seen Beyonce. Have you ever seen her mess up except for that one time she fell? Mm-hmm. Other than that, it's almost like she's this, flawless. It's flawless. It's ridiculous. Pun intended. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. but <laughs> I mean, but I think his I think his main point was yeah, going back to the fair kind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's more about why why do we objectify if that's the right word that is our black women even our stars right mm-hmm. and is that healthy and so I think he's really calling that out and saying no I don't believe that that's healthy. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we need to change. And I, yeah, I don't think I disagree with that in in any way, shape, or form. Now, mm-hmm. is he? He has no jurisdiction over what people do, but I, I agree with his, his general 
position on that. Mm-hmm. I just think that I think stars have, regardless if we say now or yesterday, I think it was the sex appeal that was given from the performer, especially when it came to a woman, especially if you're selling love songs or whatever it is you're in, in the entertainment. If they came out with, you know, the Tina Turner showing her, her assets of the legs or Diana Ross or whoever you want to go further, I guess we can just go like, a, I mean, I don't know if Patti LaBelle's ever had to do that. But, but, the, but, but this is, this is, can what, she? <laughs> this, this is, why. maybe back in the day, yeah. And Patti was sexy in her yeah, own right. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Shaka yeah. Khan was sexy. But Patti looked better at 65 than she did when she was 35. You think so? Oh, for sure. <laughs> go, go back and like Google it. But, my, here, but, but to his point, and, I, and don't get me wrong, like, um, I, I don't know. I'm sure there's, you have your Madonnas who are, who are huge. But if, I think he named in that clip probably, would y'all agree, the three main female African-American singers, right? So between, or, you know, performers, mm-hmm. Beyonce. But, but if I was to name it uh, from, from white people or Caucasians, I got Taylor Swift that I don't think is, I ain't never seen her problem, but I don't pay her a whole lot of attention. I just don't know if we had, that's our top three. Would you say from other cultures that their top three have to use that same amount of sexual content to to make it to where they've made it to? Or I don't even know where I can go with that as far as their top three. If you're saying, in, I guess, on a pop level, I mean, because really Beyonce is not only urban. She's yeah. everything. But you know what I'm time, saying? She's still so, a black image. She's still the image of a black woman. So whether But you're saying so, their top three, I really don't I don't I can't what's comparable ho- is what you're saying. Yeah, because it's because it's like you could say Taylor Swift and then you can't really name anyone else without having to put a black person which who is the top in the game. You know, you're saying a white like a white's top three. You know what? It's funny you brought that up because I'm thinking about some white artists. It, it, it's almost like when they got too sexual, their ratings decline. If you th- who who's um what's her, who used to be Hannah Montana? What's her name? Was twerking uh, on stage, yeah. right? So I feel like it did the opposite for her. It worked opposite when she started objectifying her body or being more yeah, sexual. Yeah, because she, well, she turned into a woman, and I think that's what kind of the transition from or Miley Britney Cyrus. Spears even. I don't know if that trans... So I guess I'm just thinking about your point. When you think yeah, about so, our different cultures, I don't know if that works yeah, the same. So Farrakhan, but I think Farrakhan is clearly pro-black, and, and I'm going to assume that the, the overall nature of his conversation is black. It's always black and yeah, white. For sure. Right, for sure. right. So for it's sure. not about whether or not someone's in, in the pop or urban. It's, it's just, here's, here's, here are some elite African-Americans. So let's look at some elite Caucasians. And so my question is, let's look at some elite Caucasians in, in, in this entertainment realm. And what I'm saying is, is when I look, when I try to identify them, I don't really listen to a whole lot of radio anyway. But if I think about a Taylor Swift or I think about whomever... <laughs> Yeah, there's always going to be, you know, a certain sensuality to it, but I don't think it's at the level definitely of Rihanna and definitely of of Nicki Minaj. You see what I'm saying? So Yeah, no, no. They're in there. I mean, like I said, if you really look at let's just look at the level where Nicki Minaj is or if you're trying to find someone on the white side that's comparable, they're they're based off their sex. Those two artists are Nicki Minaj and Rihanna. That's I mean, that's almost just trying to put Madonna in that in that conversation with those. Those that's a white artist who has been sexual her whole career, Madonna. Mm-hmm. So that's basically Rihanna is on the level of like the sexual energy of a Madonna. She's not afraid to show her body. She will come on stage with see through so you can see her nipples. You know what I'm saying? Madonna's done that. Rihanna's done that. You know, so I don't know if I don't know if there's a white artist. I mean, I guess if you wanted to put Taylor Swift on the level of stardom Celine as a Beyonce. Dion. Nah, she can't. Even know. No, no, no one's on the <laughs> I mean, level of Beyonce. And the thing is, but, an album in twenty years. She went back. <laughs> I don't think no exactly. one's on. I mean, really, I think when you look at like, I mean, and we're kind of getting away from it because we're talking about the level of stardom. But I think the level of stardom with Beyonce, it's hard to compare someone. Man, I think she's at a the stardom of like, I don't know who can you compare to that, but. Going back to what the minister said, he's almost putting that responsibility in Jay-Z's hand. Mm. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So, and yeah, like, let's take it out of star. So, I, I mean, yeah, yeah, even yeah. though he – I think he still was using them as examples. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. But then no we doubt. take those examples and, and apply them to, not, to our own lives, right? So, he sent, I think he was setting up a dynamic that says men 
don't put your women out there. But is it fair for us as normal people who walk down the street? If me and Penny got married right now, we would never be on a star status or entertainment level as a Beyonce or a Jay-Z. Meaning, if I'm not going to, my my expectations of Penny walking down in Castleton Square Mall is going to be different from what Jay-Z is acceptable to Beyonce getting on stage, entertaining millions. I think, I think that's just, that's just his point. Why, why, why should that be different? Because it's entertainment. In entertainment, it's going but to be I think a different. About the core value of family. Why does that change because of money and entertainment? I think that's what he's because it's about a part of Jay-Z. entertainment. I think if if you look at even just like let's just look at some of the like if okay put it like this if she gets up on stage and sings a song which someone else wrote for her half the time that's the case mm-hmm. and she's performing that song mm-hmm. is that how she really feels I don't know mm-hmm. she's up there performing she's up there entertaining so that's why i think the level so that's like in the same vein like maybe on set of like a movie and will smith is watching jada in a sex scene or something like that that's her work that's her work okay i get what you're saying I think he don't care is what I'm saying. Oh. You know what I mean? Minister Louis Farrakhan, I think yeah, he's, he's saying. Yeah, he's putting those in the same. Right, right, right. And that's kind of where I'm like, ah, I get where he's going with yeah. it. But in the, in, the, in the form of entertainment, it's a different. And, 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 you're, and I think, and I was going to say, I think when I've seen her in paparazzi and everything like that with, her, with their child, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've never seen Beyonce in no see-through. Like Rihanna, I've seen Rihanna coming out of club basically naked. Naked. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, have you, I mean, I know you said one of your things, it seemed like the Super Bowl was kind of like your. No, I mean, no, I, I don't think it has anything to do with Super Bowl. I mean, yeah. Your point, I mean, but that was, she was, when she's a regular mom, I think she probably just wears $1,000 jeans and is relatively yeah. covered up. You know what I'm saying? So, I, that, yeah, I get it. But you see what I'm saying? But, at the, but, at the, but I think most people's vision of any of these stars, because I don't, I don't want to keep making it about Beyonce, he did name two others, is sexual. It is. Yeah, yeah. It's, you're going to remember the video more than the TV. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, so, no doubt. So, so what, the imagery that we're putting out there is, I would say, he would. I think he's trying to make the point that right. why would you even put your women out? Because the way he kind of phrased it was like, you're putting your women out there in a mm-hmm. certain kind of right. way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that's where he's going with it all together. But like I said, I think the... And that's why I go back to I had a problem with naming names because now we're supposed to, as normal people, look at Jay-Z and Beyonce and reflect our life and be like, okay, yeah. And that's not fair. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I had a problem with naming, naming, you know, naming the names. Now, if he wants to speak on the hip-hop culture, period, and says overall and just talk about the hip-hop culture and maybe how it's influencing other people and maybe this is where he was going with it because we just played a clip of it Mm -hmm. but maybe he was going with what jay-z's allowing beyonce to do to entertain us we see the entertainment kind of like what you were saying d we see the video and now we think or kids think all right and that goes back to the role model aspect like okay i see beyonce doing that or i see rihanna wearing a see-through shirt you know what it's cool i can do it Mm -hmm. you know so i don't know you gonna stop buying Beyonce music? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> no. You in the Beehive? Lover. <laughs> you really do, huh? Yes. Okay. How can you not though, man? Name something bad about her. I, don't, I mean, I always ask people that. She Illuminati. <laughs> always, go, always go to that. No, I'm just joking. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, nah, she's a phenomenal artist. Mm-hmm. I think it's hard for somebody when you hear somebody, man. I don't know. He be she so. I'm like. Nah, that gotta be good. hate. <laughs> nah. That's like somebody saying, "Man, I don't really like LeBron." I like that love. What was it? Love on top. That, that go hard at a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Love on top. You know what that is? Man, I don't know. One of those joints. Ain't that what it's called? Yes. Yeah, that one go hard at a wedding. So whatever. You know that song. <laughs> I probably got here. Yeah. Love on top. <laughs> All right. What else we got, man? We um. Hey, I, I do want to. I know you didn't want to go there, man, but I do want to talk about because it can resurface a conversation that we had. Well, let's just go back. And it's kind of going to what happened with the Matt Barnes. And we don't have to go in too much detail. Well, maybe just give a little backstory of what happened. And then since we have a woman here, we can uh, talk about going back to the future and the Sierra situation. Yeah. And we don't have to make centralize them, you know, or put it on them. But yeah. No, it's, it's a situation. So the 
I'll try to I'll try to recap. Yeah, just so make it. You can make Matt it quick. Matt Barnes is an NBA basketball. Player. Memphis Grizzlies. Memphis Grizzlies now. Um, Derek Fisher is a. You probably know him because he's got about six rings. Played for he the Lakers. Was played, a coach. Yep, played for the Lakers, and he is now the head coach of the New York Knicks. Yes. Bar- Matt Barnes and Fisher's played together in. Uh, for the Lakers. For the Lakers back in 2011. So they were teammates. Derek Fisher's young, even though he's head coach. So at that time, uh, uh, Matt Barnes was uh, engaged to a female. So basically, Something I'm trying go to man. She's on basketball yeah, lives. Yeah, Something. One of them go vans, right? Yeah, they yeah. mess up everybody's lives. <laughs> but anyway, Shaq's included. But anyway, so point is, is, so now, fast forward. I know I'm screwing this up, but fast forward. Uh, today, a report came out that Matt Barnes drove 95 miles to go beat up Derek Fisher. Because so he, he drove from Memphis to New York probably. That had nah, to be. <laughs> that's not enough. I think, I think he was supposed to be in – the early report said that he was in, like, Northern California. Ah, okay. Ah, okay. He's so, saying that was only 15 minutes away. I wonder why he ain't playing this. But go ahead. But basically he found out that Derek Fisher was, uh, was romancing his uh, ex-fiance. Is that what they used? Yeah. Romancing? What's yeah, that mean? Whatever. I think they was out out back at a, <laughs> with a bonfire or something. Romancing. <laughs> literally though. And uh, speaking of Matt Barnes, he just kind of played himself with the Rihanna situation. But go ahead. Yeah. So, um, but she found out. He found out about it. Matt Barnes found out about Fisher messing with his ex through his son on Facetime. So okay. he Facetimes his son like, "Hey, what's going on?" Son seems a little distressed. He's like, "Oh, I know something's wrong. What's what's going on?" He was like, "Derek is here." Uh, mom's friend Derek is here, so he had he felt that what Matt Barnes felt a certain kind of way. Okay. Got in the yeah, got yeah. down there, and they supposed to fall to beat him up or whatever. Yeah, beat him up pretty bad. So, okay, with that, real quick story. We, um, what's your opinion on this? Okay, we we always go back. I don't know if you heard the podcast. We were talking about um, Sierra and Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Sierra, I did hear the podcast. I am a fan. I, I listen all the uh, time. Well, we appreciate <laughs> all it. Four times. <laughs> <laughs> right. So um, I don't know where we at time. Let's make it real quick though, because yeah. we're gonna. Uh, but anyway, um, Russell Wilson and Sierra been dating. She was engaged to Future, and within a month of their breakup, she's being seen with Russell Wilson pushing the baby, pushing the uh, stroller, and on the field with their son. Sierra and future son. So our debate, um, our debate was, how is it too early? What's a timeline to where a man should be introduced, or even just a, or even a woman mm-hmm. introduced to the child of ex husbands, ex fiancés, ex wives, baby daddies? How soon? Should that happen? Or, you know, what's the timeline do you think it is? We both agree that that was too soon. Now, I don't know how long Matt Barnes' ex and Derek Fisher has been dating, so they haven't really given that information. No. So I'm basically just going back to the Sierra and Future. Future had never met Russell Wilson. He said it was like within a month of their um, breakup, yeah. calling off the engagement. So, yeah. Just real quick, what do you mean? Right, kind of a and we don't know. It's just kind of question because you know everybody's situations are different, whatever. But I mean, I don't know what the timeline is, but I think you you really need to consider um, what's best for your children, you know. And depending on, I don't know how maybe how the breakup went down. I don't know maybe what the dynamics are in the in the home, how well adjusted everybody is. I don't know what the factors are, but. At the end of the day, I think you really need to consider what's what's best for your kids. Now, if they're really small, I mean, she her her son was yeah, like two, a baby, so yeah, baby, yeah. yeah. So it's not like he she's gonna sit down and have a conversation like, "Are you ready to meet somebody?" You know, but I but, think for 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 that situation, um, for me, that was early. I'll say that for me, that was early. Yeah, but man, could you be know. a professional? You know, good and well, that was way too early. I mean that was early. That was early, you yeah. know. But but have so, I seen okay, in real so, life even earlier? <laughs> yeah, no, sure. you know. Oh, and it's yeah. and it's but not. But what if he's fine though? But you know what? Is I have never I've never <laughs> if he's fine or something different. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> if he's fine, but what if you can't let him pass? But you know what? I, seriously though, I've never come across a situation where a new person was introduced. Um, 
really quickly and that was okay with kids and they were healthy and fine after that you know one one things that i do you know in my work is have conferences with families all day every day Mm -hmm. and over and over again um you know kids who struggle in school if you really dig into their life there's a boyfriend there's a girlfriend there's a missing parent there's some some sort of disconnect there you know so i mean I, I would, you know, I think that's just like a cautionary tale of, hey, should, be careful about that. Should stuff. the baby daddy meet the new boyfriend or the ex husband meet? I mean, the depends. New- or is everyone sane? Can people sit down and have conversations like adults and say, this is what, you know, okay, we need if, to do? If they can. If they can that early no. or just period? No. Okay. So what do you do if he's still, okay. I don't know what you may think he's crazy because you dated him. But at the end of the day, he's not crazy with his kids. Mm-hmm. He's in the kid's life. Mm-hmm. Do you think crazy or not? Do you think like, yo, I have to give that guy this their father respect enough to say, hey, you know, let me introduce you to my new man. I mean, if you're going to be feel, with this I, guy, not ideally, no, yeah, ideally, yeah, yeah, ideally. Yeah. 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 Okay. I mean, I think you should give people respect like that. You know, as the mother, you'd want that same respect. Any adult in your children's life, you'd want to know some information about them. You want your kids safe. You know, you want them, you do a lot to protect them, you, you know, on your watch. You don't want them to go away from you and not be safe. But gotcha. ideally, yes, you know, but is that always, you I, know, obviously the situation? Obviously, Matt Barnes, Matt Barnes ain't crazy. He ain't saying enough to me, no, Derek. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he, he trip. He yeah. a crazy, he crazy, yeah. man. What I really, what I really want to know, so hype, this all hypothetical. I'll make, try to make this up real quick. So let's say you had uh, a baby daddy and he's dating a new woman and, and one of your friends send you send you two photos one of him walking down the street with his new girl pushing your 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 daughter or one with the daughter hugging the girl which one of them would (laughs) (laughs) hugging the girl which one would offend you the most Look, I'm offended by both. <laughs> no, 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 no. And he just thinking about it. No. So, so, so um, one, one is the that physical contact. That's that's a little different, I think. You think that? So the hug. Maybe. So, so some no. The woman is pushing your child down in a, the street in a, in a stroller. stroller. Okay. Because so now she's the mom. Yeah. She she's the real, not you. Right. That's what you want <laughs> me to think. The, yeah. I'm leading the witness. <laughs> okay. Or it was a simple hug. Which one? But is a hug simple? So I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how sane I am, really. <laughs> I, I, I'm not feeling either one of those. Why, um, why, why, why your color change? Yeah, I'm going to have an issue. I'm going to have some issues. So, you know, I Wait, don't what know. What did we say? We said the uh, stroller. I think you guys said the stroller. Yeah. yeah. Because a two-year-old oh. run up to somebody, hey, you know. Any, any yeah. and everybody. I think I heard you guys say that. And I probably oh. disagreed when I heard that. I'm thinking. You disagreed? Well, I mean, s- slow your roll. Why couldn't she, she you know. Not necessarily prevent that, but I mean, you know, there's a certain <laughs> amount of okay, you're with me, you know, maybe not hu- go up and hugging and everybody. All right, all right. And then you got to think like, you know, how intimate is that relationship? How well do you know if you r- running up and hug- now you guys are saying any two year old might hug somebody? Pushing them in the stroller. Yeah, that seems so like I'm daddy. Yeah. Like I'm in there. Like yeah. That there's that no need. Gotta- there's no need for you anymore. Right, I right, have I the stroller. And maybe that's more the male perspective. <laughs> oh, okay. You know, yeah, because that's a physical act that's doing something. And I think lots of times, you know, women are like the emotional. You guys are the doers. So me seeing someone hugging is a little different than just maybe. pushing a stroller. Now nah, you ain't the only one because I got some feedback and it was like, hell no, if I see that hug, I'm a pop. You know, oh, so okay. yeah. So it's not just it's just it's not just. See, that. Man, I just see. I think uh, you know. A hug, you can get that at church. You can get that, you know, just somebody touch, you know. Don't touch my baby, though. No, if, if they, he, how do you he, think he got in the stroller? Yeah. See, so I'm not even going through all that. You <laughs> touched him, put him in the stroller. Maybe mama put him in the stroller. But you, you see, know, a you hug. Know, about, mama, you are mama. What but are you you're thinking about? about? But you're thinking about him, you know, touching a child, putting but him in the stroller, but, giving a kiss. You're, you know, I'm okay. But this is the thing. You, you've played all that out. Yeah. A kid usually will. If it's a two-year-old, they're going to run up and hug or play with someone that they know. That's totally anyone. Like, you know, whoever it is, they're going to run up hug. Hey, you know. But pushing the stroller is super personal. That's a role. Maybe. <laughs> but, you know, that's almost like men who say, you know, um, sex not personal, but kissing someone in the mouth is. You know, like, do you see what I'm saying? Like, it just depends on what you I consider personal. I, I figured you I might. Agree. But I, I, I don't know if I. I agree with Giving someone an intimate kiss. It's more intimate than inserting. Oh, heck yeah. Oh, okay. Mm. Somebody can go rabbit style and get up and be gone. 
wash up and be gone and never talk, you know. Okay. But kissing is like, it's, it's passionate. Okay. You don't have to have passionate sex. You okay. can bang, 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 bang and be gone. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? So... I just wanted to get your opinion. <laughs> we could go. We're just gonna hold that topic for for, for you. But Thank then, you. We just, we I had appreciate to get it. it. Chest, so. Okay. Well, Penny, we want to thank you so much for coming to the to the pod. Um, yeah, we got to make this every week. Thank you for signing up for that. She's gonna be a regular. <laughs> yeah, she says no. It was fun. It was real, guys. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> I appreciate um, being here. Really, I'm really proud of you both, and I, I'm, you know, I'm excited about what you're doing here. Cool, cool. Well, we thank everyone for listening. Um, we're going to be looking for other guests. Uh, like I said, we're just uh, out here trying to find our niche, and I think we kind of, kind of, somewhat have it. Yeah, we're doing it. We're doing it. So we will be back hopefully in two weeks. Um, we're gonna try to stay on that schedule. Yeah. If you want to chime in, the grit pod at gmail.com. Yep. And make sure, once again, make sure you subscribe to um, SoundCloud. Follow us on SoundCloud. Hit the heart and like it. And then go to the podcast app on Apple. I don't even know Android doesn't have. I think they have something like that, but we haven't explored it yet. But if you have an Apple phone or Apple MacBook or um, iPad or whatever Mac. Um, product go to or Apple product I'm sorry go to the podcast app and follow us like it subscribe do all that all right thanks for listening the grit